Our reading today comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 8, verses 5 to 13. And you'll find it on page 972 in our church Bibles. The faith of the centurion. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. This is the word of the Lord. Well, we're continuing our series on encounters with Jesus. People Jesus met in the course of his ministry and whose lives were changed. And I hope we're looking at this uh, little series saying, well, what about my encounter with Jesus? How has Jesus changed my life? We've seen... He called four of his disciples who were fishermen, Peter, Andrew, James, and John. Not from the wealthy uh, and important, but four uh, fishermen who worked hard for a living. And he said, you you are to become fishers of men. And they became part of that inner core of Jesus' 12 disciples who literally changed the world in the years to come. And then our second encounter was a leper. Someone who was regarded as an outcast, had to leave um, his home, his family, and yet Jesus came into contact with him and healed him. And today we look at a centurion who comes with a sick servant. For most Jews at that time, the Messiah, the King of the Jews, would come and overthrow the Romans, re-establish Israel as a great nation that it was under King David. That's what most people believed. But Jesus came with a very different set of ideas. And very few people saw this at first. Remember, even the disciples As we look at the Gospels, they didn't get it at all. And even after the resurrection, just before Jesus ascends to heaven, 
Lord, are you now going to restore the kingdom for Israel? Maybe it wasn't till Pentecost that they fully grasped just who Jesus is. It wasn't that Jesus didn't give many clues as he preached and healed and ministered. In the Sermon on the Mount, he's, he, he said, look, if a, a Roman soldier comes and asks you as a Jew to carry his luggage for one mile, you don't just do it for one mile, you do it for two miles. Now, that would have enraged the Jews of the day. They hated this Roman occupation. To carry a Roman's baggage for one meter was a disgrace. But for two miles... What do you think you're talking about? And then later, he was asked about paying taxes, taxes to Rome. Rome, the occupying nation, hated, despised for the way they overtaxed people. And Jesus said, well, there's a coin. It's got the Caesar's head on it. Yes, you pay your taxes in full. So Jesus comes with a revolutionary message wasn't just the Jesus meek and mild that we sometimes think. His words were revolutionary on the day. But it wasn't what the Jews wanted to hear. They found much of what he said totally offensive. For he came to bring a kingdom, but not with swords and spears and slaughter, but with faith and humility. His crown was not of gold, but of thorns. He didn't have gold rings on his fingers. He had nails in his hands and his feet. But the interesting thing is, as we look at the gospel, and interestingly, Matthew's gospel, which we're focusing on, Matthew wrote mainly to a Jewish audience. But it's the Gentiles who are the ones who see who Jesus is, a Roman centurion. I could have asked you how many times are centurions mentioned in the New Testament? But I won't this morning. You've, you've had your challenging time um, already. But interestingly, Roman centurions, although Romans, Roman army, hated, despised, every time they are seen in a favorable light. Gentiles are the ones who seem to get who Jesus was. A centurion, a Roman soldier, about 100 people he was in charge of. And they formed the backbone of the Roman army. They were the ones who, as it were, kept the, this mighty Roman army actually working. And probably most soldiers didn't relish being put into Judah. Judah, a bit of a backwater, and it was a period of, of revolution as well. But it wasn't a great appointment, but he was there serving his empire, his emperor. But he was, in a way, represented the very opposite to what the Jews wanted in the Messiah. We don't know quite where he lived. There may have been a military base in Capernaum. Uh, but he comes when Jesus is in Capernaum 
and he seeks Jesus' his help. Lord, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. That's all he said. He didn't ask him to do anything at that point. He just said, look, I've got a problem, a problem with my servant. Interestingly, under Roman law, a servant was regarded really as, as a thing. You had the right to kill your servant. And if your servant was ill or injured, then if they couldn't work, well, you just got rid of them. And you got another one. But here, this centurion's servant, we know nothing about that servant. He clearly cared and was concerned for that servant. Remember Jesus' response. Jesus says, shall I come and heal him? You'd have thought, oh, great. Come on, I'll I'll take you now. Um, He didn't. I don't deserve to have you come under my roof. You see, he knew about authority. If a, a Roman soldier disobeyed his superior officer, he was not just disobeying the officer, he was disobeying the Roman Empire and all that it stood for. An order had to be obeyed 100%. We're not told why he saw authority in Jesus. We, We don't know. Because authority can be abused, can't it? We see it so often in our news, people in positions of power and responsibility and authority, they they abuse it. They use it for their own ends, their own effort. But he saw something in Jesus about his authority, about his power, led him to think, here is our mighty God. For that's the authority Jesus had. Totally trustworthy. Totally reliable. So here we have a despised pagan soldier showing more faith in Jesus than most of the Jews of his day. And what Jesus said to his disciples, and I believe says to us too, that's the level of faith I expect from you. To be able to trust me and trust my word. Now for Jews... This was a great challenge. They were God's chosen people. They had Abraham as their father. Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the the patriarchs, they were part of that chosen crowd. And to be told that a Roman soldier would stand alongside them in God's coming kingdom, well, that would have been unthinkable. Heresy, blasphemy. And we know what ultimately happened to Jesus. For they believed that to sit alongside the patriarchs was the greatest honour you could have. You really had to be the creme de la creme of Jewish uh, faith. A Gentile sit alongside such people. How can that be? And worse was to come for what did Jesus say? That for those 
who didn't accept who Jesus was, who didn't accept his power and authority, there in verse 12, they'll be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. No wonder the Jewish leaders wanted to get rid of this hypocrite, this revolutionary who was trying to change their way of life. So what, you, what, what is faith? If you had to give your, your definition of, of that word, we could say it's the confidence we place in, in something or someone. And we, we look at the facts, we say, yeah, I, I believe those to be facts, and we act in response to that. And that's what the centurion did. He, he'd heard something about Jesus, he believed Jesus could do something, and he just says, here's my problem. It's a great faith. And we read at the end of the story, at that very moment where Jesus says, go home, your servant will be healed. That's when he was healed. Now, of course, this perhaps raises some issues about holding up about healing. And it's not the place and time to go into it in detail this morning. But guess we've prayed, I'm sure all of us, for people who've been very ill. And they haven't been physically healed. They, they've died. And here we get uh, a Gentile just, just saying, I don't deserve you to come to my house. Just say the word. We maybe said the word many times and it's not happened. But prayer is powerful, and our prayers are answered. But when we pray for things, we usually want the answer to be yes. But sometimes it's wait, and sometimes it's no. I'm sure if we've brought up children, we know we don't give them everything they ask for. Not because we're mean and horrible parents, but it's not the best for them at that time. Sometimes it's wait, sometimes it's no, it's not the right thing for you. And we, we need to just accept that's the way Jesus works in our lives. But we can't shape him into the model we want. That's what the Jews tried to do. We want a Messiah, this is what we want. You're not what we want, we reject you. We have to follow the Jesus of, of the Bible, not the Jesus we would like to have with us. You and I need to show that attitude of faith in who Jesus is, to come to him, to share our problems, and then leave them with him. And maybe a final challenge to myself and to each one of us. For Jesus said, I'll come to your house, a Gentile house. It was against the Jewish law for a Jew to enter the home of a Gentile. It wasn't against God's law. But Jesus was prepared to break that law to show God's love and grace to someone else. 
So who are the centurions in our lives? Who are the people that we, we just really don't like, that we don't get on with, that we don't want anything to do with? Are they our Roman centurions? And is God calling us to meet with them, to share his love and his grace with them? Maybe that's a question we could leave as this part of our service comes to a close. So we take a moment just to reflect on that passage we've heard of the faith that we have and to accept Jesus' power and authority. And to accept that no one is outside God's love and grace and presence.